0: welcome to unraveling daisy jones your weekly recap and discussion about the amazon prime video series daisy jones and the six based on the best-selling novel of the same name by taylor jenkins reed in each episode we'll recap the latest episode in the series and share our thoughts on the music characters the fashion changes made from novel to screen and all the juicy drama we'll make
1: sure you won't regret listening Welcome back to Unraveling Daisy Jones. I'm your host, Chrissy. And I'm your host, Jocelyn. You will
0: have to forgive us for being away for almost two weeks. I got really sick, non-COVID related, thankfully, and had absolutely no voice, which you can probably still hear a little bit. So please do ignore that. And I apologize for any raspy grossness in my throat
1: (laughs) we're very excited to have all of you join us as we recap the seventh episode in the series she's gone now this episode is a really interesting one and for me it was very different than anything we had seen so far in the series it was very different i loved it the second half of the episode was
0: giving donna sheridan hot girl summer vibes and i was so here for it (laughs) As you know from this point forward, there will be spoilers for both the book and the series,
1: so if you aren't caught up yet, continue at your own risk. This episode takes us back a little bit, showing us Simone's journey after she leaves LA in episode 4. She goes straight to meet up with Bernie at a club in New York City. When she arrives, she finds out that Bernie had mixed her vocals with a disco-style backing track, and the tune had become a favorite with their usual crowd. Bernie and Simone start a relationship which Simone keeps secret in public. As the two work on music together, Simone goes from singing her song at their usual club to playing larger venues all over New York and leaving her mark on the growing disco scene. At the height of their success, Simone receives a message from Daisy, who no one has heard from in weeks, saying she needed her. Simone drops everything to fly to Greece and help her friend, and Bernie accompanies her. It turns out that Daisy is not in
0: need of any help. When the friends are reunited on the Greek island of Hydra, she tells her best friend that she's getting married and needed her there as her maid of honour. Daisy's fiancée, Nikki Fitzpatrick, is wealthy, charming, and Irish nobility. The engaged couple claim to be very much in love, but it quickly becomes clear that they know very little about each other's personal lives. Daisy reveals to Simone that she doesn't plan on going back to the States for her musical career. Simone is disappointed in her friend as Daisy's star turn is something she herself has had to work years for without ever reaching similar acclaim. Daisy doesn't want to face Billy, especially with the release of the Rolling Stone article where he said some very harsh
1: things about her. She would rather stay with Nikki in Greece where she's happy. During their stay in Greece, Simone is finally able to acknowledge her feelings for Bernie out loud. She loves the other woman, but still knows that being in an out-homosexual relationship could be dangerous to more than just her career. During Daisy's beach wedding, she takes the dance floor with Bernie, dancing with her in public for the first time. After the wedding, Simone and Bernie get ready to head back to New York. Simone tries one more time to convince Daisy to return to her music dreams. Instead of listening to her friend, Daisy asks Simone if she's in love with her, based on something Nikki had earlier planted in her head during a conversation about Billy, the Six, and her music career. Naturally, this comment does not go over well, and Daisy hurries to apologize, but the damage has already been done. Simone tells Daisy that she does love her, and sometimes loving someone means telling them the truth. So she calls Daisy a selfish bitch and leaves. Back at the house, Nikki brings up Daisy
0: returning to her music career, and she is much more receptive to the idea. Thinking it will be easier to face the tour, and Billy, if Nikki is by her side. The episode ends with Nikki and Daisy in a cab in Los Angeles as Regret Me plays on the radio, each wondering what the reunion
1: with the band will bring. Alrighty, so in this episode, literally everything was different from the book except for Simone being a good friend and Nikki being an asshole. <laughs> so we don't get much of Simone's story in the book. Like, we get a little bit when she's introduced and in her early days with Daisy. But then she's off on tour for a lot of their friendship. So through the Aurora sessions, the tour, everything else. So what we learn about Simone's life during the story is kind of like where she was on tour when Daisy needed her kind of thing and them talking on the phone. So I really enjoyed getting to see Simone's musical journey. And I actually learned a lot about the roots of disco within the black queer community. I think the show saw an opportunity for representation in mm-hmm. the decision to make Simone a lesbian. Or, you know, maybe she always was. It's never mentioned in the book. Right. As well as the fact that she was a disco pioneer. And they took the opportunity to make space in the show to share her journey and to educate us on that. And I absolutely loved it because the story is a tribute to making music in the 70s. And I'm really glad they saw an opportunity to expand that beyond just, you know, rock and roll. In the book, Daisy does decide to go away on their few weeks between recording the album and uh, going on tour to clear her head. But instead of going to Greece, she goes to Thailand. And when she's there, she meets Nicky. Nicky, or Niccolo, Nico, as we meet him in the book, is an Italian prince who is later revealed to be a scam artist. But the important part is that he's absolutely awful for Daisy and she can't realize it until it's too late. In the book, Daisy does ask for Simone to come to Thailand, but it's only because she's bored. She sends her a postcard. She's like, come to Thailand, bring coke and lipstick or whatever. You know, she hasn't met Nico yet. So Simone gets on a plane. She goes to Thailand to meet Daisy, make sure she's not going off the rails. And Daisy's no longer in Thailand. She is in Italy getting married to Nikki. Simone can tell that Nico is only encouraging Daisy to indulge in her bad habits and advises her friend to return to the States for the Aurora tour. Nico, of course, doesn't want her to go. He's like, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. Let's just stay here and party and be happy. Daisy ends up going back to do the Aurora tour because Simone shows up at her hotel room door, grabs Daisy and her suitcase, and to quote Simone from the book, I dragged her ass home. Good for Simone.
0: Good for Simone. I have to say, this is maybe the only episode where I preferred almost everything in the book to the episode screenplay. If that makes sense. (laughs) Made sense in my head saying it, so I'm going to go with that. But I will say, I didn't love the way. It felt so Mama Mia. Like, it's almost like they just took Mama Mia and put it into an episode. I didn't like the whole Greek island thing. I would have preferred it set in Thailand. I didn't like Nikki, like the interpretation of the character in, in the show version compared to the book. I mean, obviously, I don't like him in the book either uh, character wise, but I found he was just way more narcissistic from the get-go and it was easy to see that of course that's also through the retelling of Daisy's eyes so who knows how it really began at the start of their relationship obviously Daisy is not someone who is influenced by others and yet because of Nikki she asks Simone if she's in love with her and yes I totally know what you're gonna say like yeah well Nikki's a narcissist and that's how he got into her head about it And you're probably totally right, but we didn't get a lot of that from Nikki within this episode. I wanted more of that narcissistic vibe and energy from him. I didn't get that right away. There's a lot of people who have been in Daisy's head in the past, and I feel like there's way worse that she's dealt with. And I think up until that point, obviously, we don't, it it gets worse with Nikki, but until that point, I feel like you could even go as far as saying, like, someone like Billy has uh, narcissistic tendencies as well. I I just think it was weird for her to go all the way with this moment.
1: The way I see it is that, like like you said, in the book, you know, Daisy is in, like, what, her 60s or 70s, and she's reflecting Mm -hmm. on this. So obviously, the way she talks about Nikki in the book is going to be very different than what she thought. There's something she talks about after meeting him You know, she liked that he agreed with everything she said. And uh, that line from the book, you know, acceptance is a powerful drug. I would know I've tried them all. That's Daisy talking about Nikki and how he made Mm. her feel. So and then later on, she goes to say that handsome men uh, who tell you what you want to hear are most often liars. And, you know, you so you see that progress with her and she's just she is so vulnerable From what happened with Billy, you know, connecting with someone in such an intense way, in an intimate way, and still not being able to have them feel that way back or to have them at all. She's in such a vulnerable place when she goes off. She hears someone who gives her all of this validation, and she just kind of falls right into it. I actually kind of liked how they showed Nikki as this, you know, super charming kind of guy. Because if you didn't read the book, you don't know that what's he's coming? an abusive asshole. Mm. You don't know what's coming. So, for people who are watching the show, even like as someone who read the book, like when he starts saying stuff about Simone, like, oh, like she's trying to manipulate you because she's in love with you, it feels like it comes out of nowhere. And for me, I actually felt that there was some accuracy in that in the sense that I feel like with these types of relationships, often it isn't realized how awful the person is until, you know, you're already in a certain way. Like Daisy's already in love with him. She's already engaged to him. I'm not sure if she's married. To him. I can't remember if they're already married or anything at this point when they have that conversation. I
0: think so, right? Yeah. It's at the end of the episode. Yeah,
1: they're already married. And then he reveals that sort of manipulative, narcissistic, shitty side, but she's already married to him and she's already so committed, you know? And I thought that was very clever in how they used that moment to reveal that he wasn't a great guy after you have all of this, like, oh, Nikki's so great, Nikki's so great, Nikki's so great. Mm. Uh oh. Because sometimes red flags aren't super obvious. And especially for Daisy, both in the book and in uh the show like she is not in a position to recognize those red flags a because of where she is she's vulnerable she's been hurt but b because when she's with nikki she starts doing a hell of a lot more drugs which we see kind of as things progress but he keeps her high a lot of the time so a lot of this shit just didn't get picked up on right away you know yeah, I don't know.
0: I feel like Daisy's pretty good at sensing her red flags even through a narcissist. You know what I mean? I I wasn't when I dated a narcissist, but I feel like the character, the way she's set up, the way she's written is just she could have outsmarted this man 1000%. Oh, definitely.
1: But I think that shows what a number everything with Billy did on her emotionally. She doesn't mm. say like, oh, I was heartbroken and I was this. She's like, yeah, I needed to clear my head, so I left. Mm-hmm. But like I think the fact that someone kind of as street smart as Daisy throughout her entire story, she is desperate to be loved. She is desperate to be accepted. She doesn't always talk about it, but that's kind of what I think drives her. Right. Is that like desperate search for love. And in the show we see like she's searching for the love and acceptance she didn't get as a kid. Mm-hmm. From her parents. And so she thinks she finds that acceptance with Billy, but she doesn't actually have it. So I think that shows just how truly and deeply impacted she was on grieving that loss of what will never be with him. She was still so desperate to have that feeling again that she ignored the red flags.
0: Which is funny because if there's anyone she's given that unconditional love, Bye, it is simone mm-hmm. throughout the entirety of the series that person is simone so i don't know I, I guess we all do stupid things to the people that we love and they love as, us as well so i don't know i still wasn't a big fan of this
1: yeah part of the I, show I, I hated what she said to simone but i also yeah. kind of from a show writing perspective you know because oh, it's brilliant of how they change daisy's overdose. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have gotten to that point had Simone still been in her life actively. For sure. You know what I mean? So from a showwriting perspective with those changes, mm-hmm. they needed – for her to go off the rails completely, they needed Simone to be untethered from her, which is unfortunate. But also, I, again, like I don't need to tell you this, but that's how when you're in a relationship with somebody who is a narcissist, that they want to cut you off from the people in your life who are actually good for you so that you rely on them. Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah again that's
0: where I was kind of like it's a bit soon you know what I mean yeah because he already does have her secluded she's on an island with him alone Um, which does make sense that he would do that but obviously Simone is going to leave I don't know I I think it was interesting Simone is
1: just she's with it and she's with it in a way that I think the other characters aren't aren't. across the board Mm -hmm. and I think he saw her right away as a threat. Yeah. And, and she saw him as a threat as well. Yeah. And I wish, I wish Daisy had listened to her. But yeah,
0: we wouldn't get an episode eight if she had.
1: <laughs> yeah. And episode eight is a doozy. So we will be back with that one in a couple days. Do you know what it's time for? Oh my God. Is it time for my favorite thing? Is it, is it tweet, tweet of the, of the
0: week? week? It is. Yay.
1: <laughs>
0: well, on our segment, Tweet of the Week, we choose our favorite tweet regarding the show, and we share it with all of you. This is one of our own tweets. You have to go check it out. It's the redesign of the Barbie posters with the Daisy Jones and the six characters. You can find that on our Twitter. I put a, a lot of uh, thought into them, and I think they're They are funny. so cute. <laughs> they're really silly. I think you'll get a kick out of them.
1: They're hilarious. <laughs> These never make our Tweet of the Week because there are so many brilliant ones, but... Can I shout out everyone on Twitter who slut shames Billy Dunn? Of course. Because I see your tweets and they are hilarious. They always make me laugh. I feel like there's so much of like Camilla hate or Daisy hate. And it's like, no, 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 no. We're going to slut shame Billy. Billy Dunn hate. I don't even need Billy Dunn hate, but we can slut shame him. We can slut shame him for sure. It fuels my fire.
0: If you have a tweet you think we should read on our next episode, please DM it to us. Thank you so much for joining us on yet another Daisy Jones and the Six recap episode. Stay connected with us on Instagram at Daisy Jones Podcast and on Twitter at Daisy Jones Pod. We look forward to
1: seeing you next time for episode eight. Have a great week, guys.
0: Bye.